Welcome to the MVP Podcast. Today is Thursday, October 8th, 2020. Let's get to it. On today's MVP talk, we're going to do another NBA pre-draft. We're going to talk about Obi Toppin because there ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. So Obi Toppin is a forward from University of Dayton. He's 6'9", 220 from Brooklyn, New York. And last season, he electrified the college basketball world with his high-flying dunks and just power slams on his way to College Player of the Year and leading University of Dayton to the NCAA tournament before the tournament was canceled. Had the tournament not been canceled, they probably would have made a run. They had a pretty good team. They also had the Coach of the Year. So UD was looking looking to have him be their leader and lead them in the tournament. Last season, he averaged 20 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 1.2 blocks while shooting 63% from the field and 39% from three. He's a top five projected pick in this upcoming draft and will probably go, definitely go in the top five. It's looking like a bunch of GMs I've seen talking about him. It looks like he's going to be a lock for top five or top four. So any of those teams in the top five are most likely going to be taking a look at Obi. Some of the things that he does well and doesn't do well, we'll start with his weaknesses. His He's not a great defender. He needs to get improve in that area if he wants to be able to defend guys on the wing and play a little bit more against these small ball lineups he's going to see at the next level. But he's definitely big and strong enough to guard guys in the post and be able to to, to defend in the post and and battle with some of these stronger NBA players that he'll face. And he also struggles defending guys in the pick and roll, which is going to be tough for him because the NBA has become a very pick and roll heavy league. So he's going to have to figure out how to adjust his defense and get quicker and figure out what to do if he's going to be able to guard the pick and rolls at the next level. He also doesn't have a great face-up game while he's in the post. He's pretty good at backing guys down, and he was pretty overpowering in the Atlantic 10 Conference this season, but he's going to have to figure out how to face up and take guys off the dribble from mid-range and the block if he's going to be able to make plays and score around the bucket. And his his probably most glaring weakness is his ball handling. He'll probably end up on a team where he won't have to do a lot of the ball handling, and he can probably be an off-ball kind of pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop and kind of a guy that can post up. But if he really wants to be a dominant player in this league and go far and be a star, he's going to have to develop his ball handling and be able to bring the ball up the court or even just be able to take guys off the dribble and be able to attack the basket at a high rate and with good at, with just not without turning the ball over. He's going to have to be able to dribble and attack and control some offenses if he's going to be the main player on any, any team. Let's move on to the things that he does well. So he does have a great ability to stretch the floor. He shot 39% from three at UD. So he does have the ability to shoot as a four. So he's going to stretch the floor and force defenses to cover him inside and out. He's also pretty strong. He was pretty overpowering and bigger than a lot of the guys in college. So I think having his strength will be a strength (laughs) For him coming into the league, having to go up against these bigger, stronger NBA players that are men and not just boys. And his biggest strength is his athleticism. He jumps out the gym. He dunks on people. So 
that's going to be the key for him is coming in right off the bat. He's going to be able to have that athleticism that he's going to be able to attack and get to the rim and make plays above the rim offensively and defensively with his blocks. He's not, like I said, he's not a great defender, but he did have 1.2 blocks a game, which is a pretty good amount. So his athleticism is definitely the key for him. And whoever drafts him is going to be mostly based on his athleticism. He just kind of, kind of reminds me a little bit of Zion, obviously not that like that talented, but he's he's close and he's got that kind of just like bounce and upside. But I think he shoots the three a little bit better than Zion. A comparison for him, people have been talking, and I think this is a good comparison, is Amari Stoudemire, just a guy who can attack the basket and be athletic, hit some mid-range and three-point shots, and just be a nice role guy that's powerful and can take it inside if you if if needed to. So look out for Obi Toppin. He's probably going to be a top five pick in this upcoming draft. He was exciting last year, and I expect him to be exciting in the NBA. His athleticism and his dunking ability should be very fun to watch. So watch out for Obi Toppin in this year's NBA draft. We got a great show today. We're going to talk NBA Finals Game 4, NFL Week 5 preview, where I've kind of changed up the format a little bit to gear a little bit towards more towards betting. Then I'm going to give you guys my best bets and then we're going to finish off with TV time where I'm going to talk about the TV show Weeds. Hope you guys enjoy. NBA Finals Game 4. Lakers got the win in this one, 102-96 to push the series lead to 3-1. This was a pretty back and forth game for pretty much the whole game. First half was pretty tight. Both teams went on some runs, took the lead. They were kind of trading leads. The Lakers kind of had the lead for most of the first half and then took it into the second or into the second half with a 2-point lead. Second half Heat hung tough, but LeBron and AD just made the plays necessary down the stretch to get them the win. AD hit a clutch 3 and LeBron was distributing the ball pretty well and taking it to the basket down the stretch. So it's really hard to stop the Lakers when LeBron is getting to the bucket and getting easy baskets and AD's knocking down shots off of his passes. It was a really good game though. The Heat held tough. To me it never really felt like the Lakers were going to lose once it hit the fourth quarter probably. So I mean, the Heat were in it but to me, it just never really felt like they were going to win this game. Jimmy was playing go- playing tough and well, and Hero was playing well. But AD and LeBron were just too much, and the Heat really just never really had a chance down the stretch. Bam was back for the Heat, so that was good. Really helped them keep it close. I think it helped them with their rim protection, I think, and with their defense on AD. AD only had 22 points, so that's much better than what they've been giving him the last couple games. He's been hot, getting close to 30. But I think they just need Drogic back. Drogic was providing such a key element to their offense. He was attacking the basket. He was creating plays for others, but he was also just scoring at a higher clip, and they just need all their role players to to, to provide and do something if they're going to win. And now they need these other guys to step up that – had kind of been out of the rotation or had limited minutes because they weren't providing. So I think they need Drogic back. They do need to make sure that he's healthy and that he's 
can do what he was doing before because if he comes back and he's hurt and he's not really providing much, then there's no point in putting him out there if he's just going to be a, a warm body. So I think they need Drogic back, but they got to make sure that he's healthy and that he can really contribute to what their attack is. For game five, I think that the Lakers are going to finish out this series, though. LeBron and closeout games, I don't know what his record is, but I think he's him and AD are going to come hungry, ready to win AD's first title and get LeBron his fourth, as well as I'm assuming they just want to get the fuck out of the bubble. So I expect the Lakers to go for the closeout and play it tough, and I expect them to win this game and win this series 4-1 so that everybody can go home and go to the bubble, or get out of the bubble, and prepare for next season i think the heat though they could steal it and push this to a game six if they just come out scrappy and come out playing hard diving on the floor making all the right plays and making all the effort plays and getting all the hustle plays but i think that's why it will be a fun game five because the heat are going to be coming out scrappy putting everything on the line to not get eliminated and the Lakers are going to be trying to go home so they're going to be trying to close out this series and win so I think both teams are going to come out full intensity full effort I think it's going to be a fun game it's going to be a fun finish to this series whether it's game five or game six I think they're both kind of going to go the same way but I think that the Lakers are going to win in five but game five will be a scrappy hard-fought win for the Lakers some top performers from this game LeBron had 28, 12, as well as 8 assists, so on near triple-double for for him. AD put up 22, like I said before. He also grabbed 9 boards and had 4 blocks. Jimmy Butler had 22 points, 10 boards, and 9 assists, so so a near triple-double for Jimmy and another one. Hero put up 21 points and had 7 boards to help out Jimmy there, but it just wasn't enough as, once again, the Lakers got the win 102-96 to push their lead to 3-1 in this series. Week 5 NFL Preview. So I decided to mix up how we're going to break down the preview this week. I've decided to gear it more towards betting. So I've broken it down into three categories. We're going to start off with the stay-away games. These games are either two good teams playing each other or two bad teams playing each other, but it's kind of a game that could be a toss-up either way. Games that I probably wouldn't bet on because you never really know what's going to happen. So that's why they're in the stay-away category. The next category is the in-between games. These games are teams that might have made the locks had there not been issues with one or both of the teams in the game. So these games are games that you might want to look into betting on, might want to look at the lines and the spreads there, but be hesitant, be cautious when picking these teams because they're not guarantees, but they're more likely than not going to be winners. And then we're going to finish off with the locks of the week to cap off the NFL slate. And then I'm going to give you guys some of my best bets of the week. I'm a parlay guy, so I've got four parlays for you guys that I'm probably going to be betting this week. So if you want to know what I'm taking this week, that'll be the time where I'm going to share my picks. So let's get to it. Hope you guys enjoy the new format. 
hope you guys win some money this week. So let's go. My first stay away game of the weekend comes from the Texans versus the Jaguars. This game will be at 1 o'clock in Houston. The Texans come into this one 0-4 and, and Jacksonville is 1-3. The money line on this is Houston minus 250, Jacksonville plus 215, Houston minus 6 for the spread. I'm going to take Houston for both money line and spread here. I expect a bounce back win for the Texans. Even though they fired Bill O'Brien, I expect them to mix it up a little bit this week. I expect Deshaun Watson to be good and to really lead them to a win and will them to victory in this one. I'd stay away because it could go either way. Both these both these teams are really bad. So, I mean, when you've got two bad teams, you never know who's going to make more mistakes and which team can come out on top. It is a division matchup, so these teams have seen each other a lot over the past few years, so they know each other well, so that's why it could be a toss-up. But since it's in Houston, I like Watson better than Minshew and what the Jags have going. So I'm going to take Houston minus 6 and Houston minus 250. If you want to take a gamble and bet on this, I would take Houston, but this is my first stay-away game. Some fantasy guys for you guys this week. For the Texans, coming in at number 3, I've got Will Fuller. I think he's going to be solid if Deshaun Watson is passing well. He should be able to get some catches and maybe even a touchdown if they can get in the end zone against this Jacksonville defense. At number two, I've got David Johnson. He had a good week last week. I expect that to continue. If the Texans are winning this game, he should get a lot of touches, a lot of carries, and get some yardage, hopefully get you some fantasy points. My top guy is Deshaun Watson. I think this week is his week to really have a big week. I think he could break out and really lead this Texans team to their first win. They really need him to be really good and do something special if they're going to get a win this week. So I think this is the week that they're going to get their first win, and I think this is the week he's going to do that. So expect Deshaun Watson to have a big week for the Texans this week. For the Jags, coming in at number three, I've got DJ Chark. He's been one of Minshew's top guys. He's been a pretty solid fantasy guy all year, so I expect him to get some catches, maybe a touchdown. So look out for DJ Chark. At number two is Gardner Minshew. I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot in this one. So I think he's going to be throwing it. He should be able to get a lot of yards for you, maybe a touchdown or two. So look out for Minshew to be throwing and get some yardage for you. He's probably not going to be a starter in any league. But if you're looking for a replacement guy, if you got some injuries or some guys on buys, Gardner Minshew could be a solid option if they're playing from behind. My top guy for the Jags this week is James Robinson. He's been really good for them all season, whether it's in the passing game or the running game. So I think no matter whether they're up or down in this one, he's going to get some touches, he's going to get some yardage, and he's going to get you some fantasy points. So look out for James Robinson this week for Jacksonville. Next up on the stay away slate, we've got Falcons versus Panthers. This game will be at 1 o'clock in Atlanta. The money line on this is Atlanta minus 185 and Carolina plus 160. The spread is Atlanta minus 2. So just like the Jags-Texans, this one is just two bad teams, pretty bad teams playing against each other. So you never know what could happen. That's why it's in my stay away category. But I'm going to take Atlanta minus 2 and Atlanta minus 185. I think Matty Ice and Gurley do enough to get the win. And whether Julio Jones plays or not, I think Calvin Ridley's stepped up for them and been solid. 
So they've got the receivers needed and they've got the offensive weapons needed to beat Carolina. They've just got to put it together. And I think this is the week where they get over the hump. I think the Panthers are just kind of waiting to get McCaffrey back. They're just kind of going week by week. And it won't really matter if they take this loss this week because I think they're going to get him back next week. So that'll add a whole new dimension back to their offense and make them a lot better. So I think the Falcons finally overcome all their woes and get the win, save Dan Quinn's job for another week. We'll see how long he lasts after that. But I think the Falcons get the win in this week to get their first win. Some fantasy guys for you this week. We'll start with the Falcons. At number three, I've got Calvin Ridley. I think he'll be good whether Julio plays or not. If Julio doesn't play, he'll be the top option. If Julio does play, he'll be that guy that'll get those secondary targets because he's getting open and they're really focusing in on Julio. At number two, I've got Todd Gurley. He was pretty good last week. He's been pretty decent all season, so I think he's going to get some carries. Hopefully, they've got the lead in this one, and he can get some carries and some more yardage on the ground. My top guy is going to be Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. I think that if they're going to win, he's going to need to pass well. He's going to need to be able to throw for at least a couple touchdowns and not throw not throw a pick and not have any turnovers. So if Matty Ice is good this week, then the Falcons will win. For the Panthers, coming in at number three, I've got Robbie Anderson. He's been pretty solid for them. DJ Moore is probably their top option, but Anderson has been pretty good as their number two receiver. He's going to get some catches. He's going to get some yardage to look for him to have another solid day. At number two, I've got Teddy Bridgewater. He was really good last week, so if the Panthers are going to have any chance, he's going to need to be good again this week. Hopefully he can provide some good fantasy points if you need him to fill in at quarterback position. Number one, I've got Mike Davis. He's been good since he's been repla- replacing McCaffrey, so I expect him to just continue to do that. They put him in a lot of the plays and involve him a lot in the offense, so I expect him to be able to get the touches and get the carries necessary to get you decent fantasy points this week. Next up on the stay away slate, we've got Dolphins versus 49ers. This one will be at 405 in San Francisco. The Dolphins come into this one at 1 and 3 and the Niners come in at 2 and 2. The money line on this is Miami plus 300 and San Francisco minus 375. The spread is San Francisco minus 8 and a half. I'm going to pick San Francisco in this one, both money line and spread. They got the tough end of a Sunday night football game against the Eagles and should be able to bounce back versus Miami, especially if they get Jimmy G back, hopefully. If he's back, Jimmy G should be able to carve through the Miami defense pretty easily, and they should be able to get a lot of passing yards, and they should be able to win the game and cover the spread of 8.5. If Jimmy doesn't play, though, it's a whole different story. They kind of had to mix it up at quarterback at the end of the game last week. So we'll see who's the starter if Jimmy's not playing. And then that's why it's in my stay away category because if if you don't know who's playing quarterback yet, so it's hard to really judge at this point who's going to be playing. Maybe come Sunday if Jimmy is playing, this would be a good Niners bet. But for now, it's going to be in my stay away category, mostly because the spread is at 85 and because I'm not really sure who's going to be playing quarterback for them. Some fantasy guys this week for the Niners coming in at number three is Brandon Ayuk. I think he's been good. The rookie has shown that he's going to get a lot of touches. 
He had that sick carry last week on the reverse where he hurdled the guy to get in the end zone. So I expect him to keep getting some carries on those reverses. They tend to like like those at least once a game. He's been breaking off one, so look for those. And he's been getting some catches, so look for the rookie to put up a solid amount of points. It's not going to be anything crazy, but he might get some rushes and he might get in the end zone. So look out for Brandon Ayuk. Number two, if he plays, is going to be Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I said, the Dolphins' D is, defense is not very good, so if Jimmy's back, he's going to be able to carve up their defense, be able to pass and get some touchdowns and a lot of yardage for you and your fantasy team. If you need a quarterback to replace some of the guys in the buys or anybody that's hurt, Jimmy G is probably your top option there, and he's probably a free agent in most leagues. Coming in at number one is George Kittle. He had a monster week last week. He had 15 catches for the 15 targets he had and 183 yards. So look for him to be able to contribute again, especially if Jimmy G's back. Look for him to get the ball and look for Jimmy to be looking for him because he's one of their best receivers and one of their best players. So look for him to have another big week. For Miami, coming in at number three, I've got Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker's just a solid receiver. He's one of the top targets for Fitzpatrick, so look for him to get some catches and some yards. He's also a good red zone guy, so if they get down close and have to pass, look for him to catch him when they're in those close yardage situations. Coming in at number two is the running back, Miles Gaskin. Having a starting running back for any team is a plus, so Gaskin may not be your top option, but he's definitely at least a running back too. So if you are looking for a running back and you can trade for him or you can pick him up. Look for Miles Gaskin. He's going to get you a solid amount of points. Not going to be anything crazy, but he should be able to be playing in the run and the pass game. And the number one is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think they're going to be playing from behind in this one as long as Jimmy G's playing. So I think he's going to be throwing the ball a lot and putting up a lot of yards and probably getting a couple touchdowns. So look for Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Dolphins this weekend. Next stay away game is Pats versus Broncos. This one will be at 425 in Foxborough. The lines on this one, the money line is New England minus 390 and Denver plus 310. The spread is New England minus 8. This one's a stay away for me because of injury. Denver gets Drew Locke back, which is nice. They had a nice win versus a bad Jets team last week. But the big question is, will Cam be ready to go after testing positive for COVID. I think he only needs two negative tests to be able to return to the facility. So if he can do that, he could be eligible to play this weekend. So if Cam is playing, I'm going to take the Pats straight up and the Pats minus eight. But if Cam isn't playing, I think Drew Locke is going to be better and play better than anybody that the Pats are going to put in at quarterback. So I'm going to take Denver plus 310 and plus eight if Cam is not playing. Some fantasy guys for you guys this week. For the Patriots, coming in at number three, we've got Nikhil Harry. He's been a solid option, so look for him to get some catches. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Hopefully he'll get open and get some targets. At number two is Julian Edelman. He's just the rock when it comes to the receiving core. So like I said with Harry, whoever's playing quarterback, expect Edelman to get some catches because he's just a consistent receiver for them. My top guy for the Patriots is going to be James White. If Cam is playing, they're going to need him to help establish the running game as well as the short passing game. And if Cam isn't playing, they're going to need James White to be good to run the ball a lot more and to still be good in the passing game. So I think no matter who's under center, 
they're going to need to get James White involved in, in this matchup if they're going to have any chance to beat the Broncos. For the Broncos, coming in at number three is Jerry Judy. I think the rookie has been impressive, and I think he should continue to be impressive. He is one of their top targets now with Cortland Sutton out. So look for Jerry Judy to get some more catches and get, get you some fantasy points. Coming in at number two is Drew Locke. I think if the Broncos are going to have a shot in this one, Locke is going to have to be good. So expect Locke to have a good day. He's got some good targets. This New England defense is tough, but they're missing a few guys. So, But I think Locke will be one of the top performers for the Broncos this week. At number one is going to be Melvin Gordon. He had a good week last week. Like I said, last week he's going to need to be good on the ground and get some touchdowns as well as catch some passes out of the backfield. So I expect him to do that again. I expect him to, if Cam isn't playing, have a lead and be able to run the ball behind Gordon. But if not, Gordon's going to have to be able to establish himself in the pass game where I think he'll be able to get some catches and get you some fantasy points there. Next up, we got the Thursday night football game between the Bears and the Bucks. Finally, a good Thursday night football game. Let's go. Nice way to start the week. So we've got the money line in this one is Chicago plus 185 and Tampa Bay minus 215, with the spread being Tampa Bay minus 4.5. This one's in Chicago. I don't know if I said that before, but... This one is a stay away game for me because it's just two good teams, I think. The Bucks' defense has been pretty eh. They've, they've been making a couple stops to help them get some wins, while the Bears' defense has been really good. And the Bears' offense has been kind of eh. They're still trying to find it with Foles, while the Bucks' offense is starting to really look up. So I think it's really going to come down to whose strengths and whose weaknesses are taking advantage of in this one. I think if the Bears can come up with enough stops and really slow down Brady enough to give Foles enough chances to score, I think that they could easily win. But it could also go the other way, where Tampa Bay and Tom are just dicing them up and it doesn't really matter what the Bears' defense throws at them. Tom has just got it going, and they're scoring a lot. And then the Bucks' defense makes a couple stops, and Foles just doesn't really get it done and the Bucks can come out with a win that way so that's why this is in my stay away category I think it could really go either way it's just going to depend on which team's strengths come to play and which team's weaknesses aren't as glaring so we'll go to some so my picks are going to be Tampa Bay minus 215 for the money line and I'm going to take Chicago plus four and a half for the spread I think that they'll keep it within a field goal. So the four and a half should be able to get you the win if you want to bet on the Bears. But I think the Bucks are going to be the winners in this one on the road. Some fantasy guys will start with Tampa. Coming in at number three is Rob Gronkowski. I think with the injury to OJ Howard, Gronk is going to need to get more snaps and really need to step up and be a nice dump-off target for Brady and be a short short catch guy and short distance, especially around the goal line. So I think Gronk will have his breakout week this week. So look for Gronk to have a good week coming in at number two is Mike Evans. He's just a big body. He's going to get catches in the red zone. He's going to get catches in general. So he's, he should be a consistent starter for you. So look for Mike Evans to put up some more points for you this week. And their top guy, I've got Tom Brady. He had a good week last week. If they're going to win this week, he's going to need to put up another good week. So I expect the Bucs to win, and I expect Tom Brady to have a good week. For the Bears, coming in at number three is Allen Robinson. 
He's been their top guy all year. If they're going to have any chance, he's going to need to be on the same page as Foles, which means he's going to have at least a touchdown and a bunch of catches for some yardage. So look for Allen Robinson to be good. If the Bears are going to win, he's going to score you some fantasy points. Coming in at number two is Nick Foles. Like I've been saying, if the Bears are going to win this game, Nick Foles is going to be good. So Nick Foles, I expect him to put up a good number of fantasy points. They may not win this game, but I expect them to be in it and be hanging with the with the Bucks. So expect Foles to have a good fantasy day. And number one, I got David Montgomery. I think they're going to need to establish the run to be able to set up Foles to have some good play action and get the ball down the field. So I think David Montgomery is going to have to be a key part of their offense. So I expect David Montgomery to put up a good amount of fantasy points for you and have a good day for you. My last stay away game is Colts versus Browns. This one will be at 425 in Cleveland. The Colts come in at 3-1 and and so do the Browns. The money line in this one is Colts minus 114 and Browns plus 100 with the spread being Colts minus 2. This should be a really good game. I think both teams are hot and are both 3-1 and coming into this one. So it's a battle of two really good AFC teams in my opinion. I think the Colts D is going to be the deciding factor in this one. They've been really tough the last few weeks, but the Browns offense has been really, really good. So I think that's where it's going to come down to is whether the Colts can slow down the Browns offense enough to let Rivers get the ball down the field and get in the end zone. Or if they, if they can't do that, then Rivers is going to have to step up and get a, get a win for the Colts. But I think the Colts' defense is going to be able to do that. I think they're going to be able to stop the Browns' offense and slow them down and get the win in this one. So I'm going to take Colts minus 114 and Colts minus 2. I think that they'll be able to at least get a field goal win, and I think that they'll be able to do it on the road and improve to 4-1. and one. I do really like what I'm seeing from the Browns. I just think the Colts' defense has been really good, and I think that they'll make some they'll disrupt Baker Mayfield in that offense enough to get the win. Some fantasy guys for us this week for the Colts coming in at number three, I think is going to be their defense. I think that they're going to be able to get an interception or some turnovers, maybe score, score some points if the Colts are going to be able to win this one and, and be able to pull out a victory in Cleveland. Coming in at number two is T.Y. Hilton. This is, this is a kind of stab in the dark because he's been crap all year, but He's got to have a good game at some point. I mean, he's the best. He's one of the best receivers in the league. So he just needs to get the ball, and they need to figure out a way to do it this week because they're going to need him to win, and they're going to need him for the rest of the season. So we need to get him involved, and he needs to have a breakout week. I might say this every week for the rest of the season, but T.Y. Hilton is due for a breakout week at some point, and I think it's going to be this week. Coming in at number one, I've got Jonathan Taylor. I think they're going to need to establish the run again, and Taylor's going to be having to get carries and yardage if they're going to be able to get the win over the Browns. So I expect Taylor to have a good fantasy day. For the Browns, coming in at number three is Jarvis Landry. He had a good week last week. I expect him to continue to get some catches and yardage. Hopefully he gets in the end zone this week, but last week he had a passing touchdown, so that was kind of cool. So look for Jarvis to have a solid week. Hopefully he can get you some yards and a touchdown. Coming in at number two, I got OBJ. He had a monster week last week, so I expect him to keep his hot streak going. So look for OBJ to get some catches and a touchdown and keep his fantasy hot streak rolling. And at number one, I got Kareem Hunt. They're going to have to establish the run against this Colts defense if they're going to have any success. But Kareem Hunt's also been great in the past game. So whether they're up or down in this game, 
whatever they're doing, Cream Hunt is going to be involved for them. So I expect Cream Hunt to have a pretty solid fantasy day once again. First game on the in-between slate, we got a 1 o'clock game in Tennessee in the Titans versus the Bills. Titans come into this one 3-0 and the Bills come into this one 4-0. Titans keep testing positive for COVID though. So right now we're not really sure if this game is even going to be played. But I really don't care. I'm taking Bills money line. I don't know what it is yet. I couldn't find a line or a spread. And I'm taking Bills with the spread as long as it's minus six and a half or less. I'm all in on the Josh Allen train. I think they've gotten him all the weapons needed to win this game. I think they've got them all the weapons needed to win the AFC East. So I'm all in on the Bills. I think they're going to go into Tennessee if this game is played, really beat up on the Titans, and really give it to them. Um, I'm not going to speculate on anything fantasy because I don't know who's going to be testing for or be out with COVID if they end up playing this game. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen there, but keep an eye on this game for your fantasy players. Keep an eye on this game for betting purposes. But my picks in this one is going to be Bills straight up and Bills minus whatever as long as it's six and a half or less. I think that they'll win by a touchdown or more. Next up, we got the Monday night football game between the Chargers and the Saints. This one will be played in New Orleans, but it could be played in Indy due to the hurricane that's coming in near New Orleans. So that one could be relocated, so look out for that. The money line in this is New Orleans minus 360 and the Chargers plus 300, with the spread being New Orleans minus 8. The New Orleans offense has been rolling the last couple of weeks, even though they've lost a couple games to start the season. They've been playing good teams, and their offense has been really hot. So I expect that to continue. Alvin Kamara has been awesome, so I expect him to stay awesome. And Drew Brees has been throwing for a lot of yards, so I expect him to be good again. The reason why it's in this in-between category is because you never know what you're going to get from Herbert. Now that he's a few weeks in, he's had a few weeks to prepare. He's been a starting quarterback for a few weeks. He kind of knows what he's doing a little bit more. So you never know what kind of stuff he could do. He might be able to get a win. Who knows? But I doubt it. But you never know what he could he could bring to the table. So with rookie quarterbacks, you, you never want to guarantee anything against them, especially when they've been playing really well lately. But I do expect New Orleans to win this game, so I'm taking them money line, and I'm taking them minus eight because I think they'll just be better. I think their offense will be better, and I think they'll be able to stop Herbert and get this win. For fantasy, coming in at number three for the Saints, I've got Drew Brees. He's been pretty good the last few weeks, so I expect him to continue to keep throwing a lot of passes and get a lot of yardage and hopefully a couple touchdowns for you guys. At number two, I've got Michael Thomas. If they're going to win this game, he's going to need to get involved in their offense again. He's going to need to be able to get some catches and hopefully a touchdown if they're going to be able to win and put up the amount of points and continue to keep scoring like they have. At number one, I've got Alvin Kamara. He's been the top running back in the league all year. He's just been a fucking beast. So watch out for Alvin Kamara to have another big day. At number three for the Chargers, I've got Hunter Henry. I think that Hunter Henry is going to have to get utilized a little bit more. Herbert's going to have to use him as a dump-off target if they're going to be successful. So look out for Hunter Henry to get some catches and get some good yardage in this game. Coming in at number two is Keenan Allen. I think they're going to be playing from behind, so I think they're going to be throwing a lot. So look for Keenan Allen to have some catches. He's their top guy. He's their best receiver. He's He had an awesome catch last week, so look for him to keep being good and keep playing well with Herbert at the helm. 
And then number one, I've got Herbert. If Herbert, if Herbert's going to be good, they're going to win or at least have a chance. So I think Herbert's going to have to be good for them to, to, to win this game. And I think that they're going to be from playing from behind. So they're going to have to be throwing. So I think he's going to put up a lot of yardage in the air and hopefully he gets another touchdown or two. So look out for Justin Herbert this weekend. Hopefully he can do some stuff for you in fantasy. Next up, we got the battle of Pennsylvania in a one o'clock game in Pittsburgh between the Eagles and the Steelers. The Eagles come into this one, one, two, and one while the Steelers come in three and zero. The money line in this is Philadelphia plus 280 and Pittsburgh minus 335 with the spread being Pittsburgh minus seven. Coming off a of bye week, I think the Steelers get the win in this one. I think they improved to 4-0. They've been pretty good off to their 3-0 start and I expect them to keep that rolling, especially having a bye week to be able to improve on some things and have guys rest and recover and be fully healthy and ready for this game against the interstate rival in the Eagles. But I think Philly could play spoiler. Carson Wentz has been making big plays when needed, and they could get a win in this one and get their second one. But I really just think that Pittsburgh is too good. I think they their defense is one of the more underappreciated defenses in the league, and I think that their offense has been pretty good. So I expect the Steelers to get a win in this one, but I'm pretty confident. I'll, I'm not going to call it a lock because the Eagles looked solid last week, but um, I'm pretty confident in a Steelers win here, and that's why they're in the in-betweener category. I'm pretty confident that they'll win with the spread minus seven and straight up. So that's why I, that's what I'm going to take this week is Pittsburgh minus 335 and Pittsburgh minus seven because I just think that they're the better team and they're going to get the win. Some fantasy guys this week for Pittsburgh coming in at number three. I've got Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that having a week off will be good for the young kid, and he'll come back. He'll be re- he'll be coming ready to play and have that extra pep in his step with the week off. So I think Juju's due for a big week. Coming in at number two is James Conner. He has, like I said, he had a week to recover, get rested up, and be ready to get a bunch of carries. So look for Conner to get a bunch of carries and be productive this week. And the top guy, I've got Big big Ben Roethlisberger. I think if they're going to win this game against Philly, he's going to be able to. He's going to need to be able to pass the ball well, and I think he's going to do that and help lead them to the win. So that's why I've got Big Ben on the list for them. Coming in at number three for the Eagles, I got Zach Ertz. I think he's going to have to be more consistent and they're going to get the win. He's one of their better targets with all the receivers that are hurt. So he's really going to have to step up and have a good game. Coming in at number two is Carson Wentz. He's going to just have to be making big plays and do all the right things if they're going to be able to get the win in this one. He's the driving force for their team to get wins. So he's going to have to be good, better than he's been if they're going to be able to beat this good Pittsburgh team. Number one is Miles Sanders. They're going to have to establish the run with him, get him some carries, get him involved, get him some yardage, as well as get him involved in the passing game if they're going to have any success. So I expect him to be involved and get some fantasy points for you this week. Coming in next on the in-betweener category is Cardinals versus Jets. This game will be played at 1 o'clock in New York. The money line in this one is Arizona minus 305 and the Jets plus 260 with the spread being Arizona minus 7. Flacco will be starting in this one for the Jets as Darnold will be sitting with a shoulder injury after he got pummeled last week. So I think the Cardinals are going to bounce back and get this one, beat a really bad Jets team. I think Murray to Hopkins should be there this week. So that should be fun to watch and that should lead them to the win. This was almost in my lock category. But the Cardinals have been so iffy the last couple of weeks that I've been hes- that I was hesitant to put them in as a lock. 
but I'm pretty sure that the Cardinals are going to get the win here, but take them with caution. Some fantasy guys this week for the Cardinals coming in at number three is Chase Edmonds. He got a good amount of carries last week, and if you're looking for a running back to pick up, he could be a good option. I think he could have a pretty good breakout week this week against a really bad Jets team if they run the ball a lot and they get up in this one. Coming in at number two is DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's going to need to be on the same page with Murray and get a lot of targets and maybe a touchdown if they're going to get a big win in this one. So look for Hopkins to have a big day. And number one is Kyler Murray. He's going to need to be able to get it done with his feet and with his arm if they're going to be good this week. He's been pretty good all season as a fantasy quarterback. So look for Kyler Murray to keep it up and have another good week. For the Jets, coming in at number three, I've got Chris Herndon. I think he's going to be important in the passing game, especially with Flacco. He's going to be a nice check down option. So look for Herndon to put up some points this week. At number two, hopefully returning from injury this week. I'm still not completely sure if he'll be back, but it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. If he's back, they're going to need him to carry the ball and establish the run game and also get him involved in the passing game. So if they want to have any success this week, they're going to need to get the ball to Le'Veon. So hopefully Le'Veon will get some touches and get some carries this week and put up some good fantasy points. At number one, I got Jamison Crowder. I think they're going to be playing from behind. So hopefully Crowder will be able to run a lot of routes and get, get a lot of catches and a lot of targets. So hopefully that with them playing from behind, he'll be able to get some yardage for you and your fantasy team this week. Division matchup between the Raiders and the Chiefs. This one will be at 1 o'clock in Kansas City. The money line on this one is Las Vegas plus 550 and Kansas City minus 715. And the spread is Kansas City minus 12.5. This one was almost one of my locks this week just because I like the Chiefs so much and how well they've been playing. But I think that the Raiders have been playing pretty good football lately. Could play spoiler, especially with the Chiefs being 4-0. You never know. They, they could have that surprise lost game. But I also think that 12.5 is a pretty big spread to take, especially versus a Raiders team that's been playing pretty good offense and defense lately. They've been playing pretty well, honestly, all around. So I was a little hesitant to put this as my lock, but I still am going to take Kansas City minus 715 and minus 12.5. They're playing at home. They're so good. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. I think they're going to be able to win by at least two scores. So I expect them to be able to cover this minus 12 and a half and especially win. So look for the Chiefs in this one. Some fantasy guys. We'll start with the Chiefs. At number three is Travis Kelsey. He's just one of their better receiving options. I know they've got a lot, but he tends to be a big body and get some red zone targets. So look for him to get a touchdown and some catches there. At number two is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's been really good for them all season, whether he's passing or running. So I expect them to get up in this game and hopefully try to run the ball with him. So I expect a little bit more more yards on the ground than through the air for him this week. And number one is Patrick Mahomes. He's just one of those guys that's going to put up fantasy points for you every week. So he's going to be consistent. He's going to have another good week if the Chiefs are going to win. For the Raiders, coming in at number three, I've got Josh Jacobs. I think that if the Raiders are going to need going to do anything against the Chiefs. They're going to need to be able to establish the run, and Jacobs is going to have to have a good day. Last couple games where they've lost, he just hasn't been as great, so they need him to turn that around and have a good day if they're going to have any chance versus the Chiefs. And number two is Darren Waller. He's been one of Carr's top options, so he's probably going to get some catches every week, so just look for him this week. He'll probably get some catches, maybe a touchdown, but he's been Carr's one of Carr's top options, so he's going to produce fantasy-wise for you pretty much every week. My top guy is going to be Derek Carr. 
I think they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be having to get to a shootout with Kansas City, so he's going to be having to air the ball out a lot. So look for him to have a lot of yards and maybe a touchdown or two. Last game on the in-between slate, we've got Ravens versus Bengals. This one will be played at 1 o'clock in Baltimore. The money line in this one is Baltimore minus 715 and Cincinnati plus 550. The spread is Baltimore minus 13 and a half. I think Baltimore should be able to flex their muscle again versus one of the league's worst, worser teams or not as good teams, whatever you want to call it. Coming off a win, I just don't think the Bengals will have enough in this one. Burrell looked good and T. Higgins has been looking good and Mixon was incredible. But I think against this Ravens defense, it'll be a little bit of a different story. So my picks in this one are going to be Ravens money line and Ravens minus 13 and a half. I think they'll be able to win by two touchdowns, maybe more. I expect them to flex their muscle just like they did on Washington last week and get a nice division win for them and improve to four and one. So some fantasy guys this week for the Ravens coming in at number three, I've got Hollywood Brown. I think he's going to be important to their passing game for their deep threat. If he's going to get some points, it's going to be off some long balls or some deep or some long runoff touchdowns, but hopefully he can get in the end zone for you. If it's not something deep, Coming in at number two is Mark Andrews. He's been targeted a lot. He just needs to bring in those catches and turn them into receptions or take those targets and turn them into receptions if he's going to be a productive fantasy player for you. So hopefully he can do that again and get a lot of catches and maybe get in the end zone. Number one is Lamar Jackson. He always tends to do it on the ground and with his arm. So look for him to put up a lot of fantasy points for you once again. For the Bengals, coming in at number three is Tyler Boyd. I think he's going to be important as one of their top guys for the Bengals if they're going to get the win. Burrow is going to need to connect with everybody, including him, if they're going to win. Coming in at number two is Burrow. He's just going to have to be good, play turnover-free football, and be able to push the ball down the field to be successful against this Baltimore defense. And at number one is Joe Mixon. I think last week they got the win when he was incredible, so they're going to need him to keep being good or something close if they're going to have any chance against this Baltimore defense and this Baltimore team. So if Joe Mixon is good, the Bengals will be good. So look for Joe Mixon to have a good week once again. We're going to kick off my locks of the week this week with the Sunday night football game of Seahawks versus Vikings. The Seahawks come into this one 4-0 while the Vikings come in at 1-3. This one will be in Seattle. The money line in this one is Minnesota plus 270 and Seattle minus 315, the spread being Seattle minus 7. I just think Seattle's rolling. Russ has been cooking. He's been hitting all of his receivers for touchdowns, and he's had multiple touchdowns in every game, so I expect that to continue. The defense will just have to slow down Dalvin Cook in that offense if they're going to get the win, and I think that they'll be able to do that, so I think that they'll be able to win and cover the touchdown spread, so lock in. Seattle money line and Seattle minus seven. I just don't think Minnesota has showed enough over the first four weeks to show that they can beat Seattle and Seattle's been cooking. So I think that they'll be able to win by multiple scores. So minus seven and minus 315 are my picks here. For fantasy, for Seattle, coming in at number three, I've got Tyler Lockett. He's been great all season. He's been a great number one or number two wide receiver option. So keep him in your lineup. Expect Russ to cook again and expect them to cook on this Vikings defense. At number two is Chris Carson. 
I expect Seattle to get up in this game, so he should get a lot of carries and should be able to get some good yardage for you and your fantasy team. And at number one is Russell Wilson. He's been cooking all year. He's the front runner for MVP. He throws multiple touchdowns a game, so he's going to get you a lot of fantasy points, and he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in any league. For Minnesota, coming in at number three is Kirk Cousins. I think if they're going to have any success, Cousins is going to have to be able to throw the ball. I also think they're going to be playing from behind, so he's going to have to be tossing the ball a lot. He's going to get a lot of throws, so look for him to get some yards and hopefully get some completions and get you some fantasy points there. And number two is Adam Thielen. I think Thielen's going to have to make his way as the star receiver this week if they're going to have any chance against Seattle. He's going to have to come up with some big catches and makes make some big plays for them if they're going to have any chance to win. So look for Thielen to have a good week. And number one is Dalvin Cook. He was amazing last week, bouncing off tacklers. Like I've been saying for these other two Vikings players, if they're going to have any chance to win, he's going to need to be good. So expect Dalvin Cook to be good. He's one of the top running backs in the league, so you should be starting him. He's going to get you a good amount of points, whether they win or lose. So look for Dalvin Cook to have a good week for you. My next lock is the Rams, who will be taking on the Washington football team. The Rams come into this one at 3-1, and one, while Washington is 1-3. and three. This one will be played at 1 o'clock in Maryland, so it's a home game for Washington. The money line in this is Washington plus 300 and the Rams minus 360, and the spread is Rams minus 7.5. The Rams are just okay last week against the Giants, but they got a nice tough-it-out win. It's kind of a similar matchup this week against Washington, except I expect their offense to be a little bit better, hopefully, and I expect them to get the win in this one. So my pick is going to be the Rams minus 360 and the Rams minus 7.5. The Washington football team also has a QB change. They're going to Kyle Allen over Dwayne Haskins. So I think the Rams will be able to take advantage of that and be able to cause some trouble for Kyle Allen. So I'm locking in the Rams money line and the Rams minus 7.5. I think they win by multiple scores and really put it to Washington and really flex their muscle on them. Some fantasy guys this week. For the Rams, coming in at number three is Robert Woods. He's just been consistent for them. He's been pretty good. Their passing attack has been pretty solid, so look for him to get some points. Coming in at number two is Cooper Cup. Same thing as Robert Woods. The two of them have been really good, receiving and getting yards and getting in the end zone. So look for the two of them to score in their passing attack. And number one is Jared Goff. He's been really good all year. He's been kind of underappreciated and undervalued. People haven't really been talking about him much, but he's been pretty good, and he's been a key reason why the Rams have been winning games. So look for Jared Goff to continue to put up some good fantasy numbers for you and continue to play good football for the Rams. For the Washington football team, coming in at number three is Kyle Allen. I think that he'll be passing the ball and airing it out a lot. They'll be playing from behind, so maybe he can get some yards, but he was pretty solid for the Panthers last year. So I think he can step into this offense, which is the same coach, Ron Rivera, as he had last year. So he should be able to pick up right where he left off last year. At number two is Antonio Gibson. He's been just a dual threat for them, whether he's running the ball or passing. I think he's established himself as a number one or number two running back in just about any league. So if you're looking for another guy to put in your lineup look for Antonio Gibson he should be able to provide you a good amount of points this week against the Rams and number one is Terry McLaurin he's been their top dog all year so just look for him to consistently keep putting up fantasy points for you hopefully he can find the end zone and he can get a solid day for you so look for Terry McLaurin to put up a good amount of fantasy points once again my last lock of the week comes from the Cowboys they'll be taking on the Giants at 425 at home in Dallas Cowboys come in at 1-3, and three, and the Giants come in at 0-4. Oh 
The money line on this is Dallas minus 435 and the Giants plus 360, the spread being Dallas minus 10. Cowboys really just need to win in this one. The offense has been really good. Dak has been great. They've been clicking. All their receivers have been pretty good. So I expect them to put up a lot of points. And the defense just needs to figure it out. That's been their main issue. But I don't think the Giants have a very good offense. They're injured. Daniel Jones has been struggling. So I don't think that should be a problem. They should be able to get some stops and should be able to put up a high number of points to get the win. So I'm going to lock in Dallas money line and Dallas minus 10. I think that they'll be pounding the Giants, hopefully get a big win and get back on track. This game is close. I'll be a little bit worried about the Cowboys, but I'm expecting them to really put it to the Giants and really get a big win this week. For fantasy, for the Cowboys, coming in at number three, I've got Amari Cooper. He's been one of their top guys all year. I expect him to be consistent again and get some targets and get some catches and probably get in the end zone in a high-scoring game. And number two is Dak. He's been putting up loads of yards every week. Granted, they've had to come back, so I expect his yardage number to be down a little bit because I expect them to be winning most of this game, but still expect Dak to put up a good 200, 250, maybe 300-yard game, maybe a touchdown or two, so he's going to give you a good, good number of points no matter what. At number one, I've got Ezekiel Elliott. I think they're going to get up in this game, and I think they're going to rely on him to really pound the ball and hold on to the lead and drain the clock, so I think Zeke is going to be very important to the Cowboys winning this week, and if he's playing well, they're going to be good, and he's going to get you a lot of fantasy points. So look for Zeke to have a big week this week. For the Giants, coming in at number three, I've got Evan Ingram. He's just one of their more consistent receiving options. I think he's going to need to be important. They're going to be playing from behind, so he's going to need to be able to get some catches and get some yardage and maybe get in the end zone if they're going to have any chance in this one. Number two is Devontae Freeman. He's their newcomer, but he got good amount of carries last week, so he's going to have to produce a little bit more if they're going to have any shot of competing with Dallas. And at number one is Darius Slayton. He's their top receiver. He's going to need to be good. They're going to be playing from behind, so expect him to get targeted a good amount and get some catches, get some yardage. Darius, look out for Darius Slayton this week. I'm going to wrap up the week five preview with my best parlays of the weekend. So I've got four different parlays for you guys here that I'm probably going to be taking this weekend and things you should be looking out for. So let's let's get it started. My first one is going to be my lock parlay. So this parlay is going to be Seattle money line, Dallas money line, and the Rams money line. The odds on this right now are plus 108. So that is $10 to win $10.78. I think this one is going to be a winner. These are my three picks for my locks this week. So I'm definitely going to be taking this one for sure. My next one is my one o'clock parlay. So this is my parlay of teams that will be playing only in the one o'clock slate. So I've got Baltimore money line, the Rams money line, the Cardinals money line, and the Steelers money line. The odds on this are plus 144. So it's 10 to win $14.42. I think these ones are all pretty much winners. I think the Cardinals is the only one that's going to be tight. And Pittsburgh, if the Eagles show up, could be tight. But I'm pretty sure all four of these teams are going to be winners. So that one should be a pretty good parlay to take as well. Next up is my 4 o'clock slate parlay. This one, I've only got a two-teamer. I'm going to parlay the Colts and the Cowboys. The odds on this are plus 118. So that's $10 to win $11.84. I think that the Colts are going to beat the Browns. Their defense is going to show up and get the win, like I said earlier. And Dallas is one of my locks of the week. So parlaying those two together at 4 o'clock should be pretty easy money. 
And my last parlay this week is my full slate parlay. This is a six-teamer. This parlay includes Seattle money line, Dallas money line, the Rams money line, the Ravens money line, the Steelers money line, and the Chiefs money line. The odds on this parlay are plus 235, so that's $10 to win $23.50. I think all of these teams are pretty much guaranteed winners, especially just money line. So this one should be pretty easy money. $10 to win 23 is pretty easy. So I think this is another pretty good bet to place this weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed the different setup this week of how we're kind of previewing it. Hopefully you guys can win some money this week, use some of these picks, and we're looking, I'm looking forward to a great week five. Today on TV Time, I want to talk about one of my all-time favorite TV shows, Weeds. The show originally aired on Showtime, but I think you can also now find it on Netflix. There's eight seasons of this show. So this show is about a suburban mother who starts selling weed to her community and neighborhood to help support her family's privileged lifestyle after her husband passes away. She starts to grow her weed empire and they start to expand all over North America and maybe all over the world. And she just finds herself in these crazy situations with these different like drug kingpins and different groups. And it's just a really interesting story about a woman who's just trying to support her family and make enough money to make sure that they live the life they had been living before when her husband was alive and they both could support the family. So it's a really good show. One of my all-time favorites. Some of the middle seasons aren't as great, but it's still a really good show. The ending is really interesting. They do like a flash forward to the future, and it's pretty cool their take on what the future would be in their world. So it's a really good show. It's pretty funny. There's a lot of weed in it, and the characters are great. The lots of characters from the neighbors to the kids, they're all funny. They're all great. Great show. Check it out on Netflix or Showtime. One of my all-time favorites. Definitely worth a watch. I'm probably going to have to run a re-watch soon. It's been a while, so I'm definitely going to be watching soon, so you guys should as well. Hope you guys enjoyed TV time this week. Definitely check out Weeds. Great show. All-time show. Fantastic. I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Thank you for continuing to tune in to the MVP podcast. We got people all over the world listening now. We got people in Israel, Canada, and all over the U.S. I appreciate every one of you guys. We'll be back Tuesday with some NBA Finals talk, NFL review, and TV time. Enjoy today, guys. Peace.